I'm a savage. Yeah. Classy, bougie, ratchet. Yeah. Sassy, moody. I hit it once. We see it. it. We hit it once, we okay? We see it red. It's red. In three, two, one. What's up, Savage Boss Babes and Dudes? It's Diana inside the Savage Studio once again with another episode. Please, please, if you haven't done so, subscribe to the, the podcast. And don't forget that after you listen to it, please share it on your Instagram, on your Facebook, anywhere that you have followers, that you have friends, so that they can also hear this very inspiring story. I have Royal San Antonio royalty here in the studio today. So we had to roll out the red carpet. We had to clean it up, dust everything, and make sure that it was up to par. Up to par. <laughs> Para recibir a Destiny y a Rigo Novaida. Thank you so much for being here, guys. Muchas gracias. Thank, Thank you so much. We're excited and glad to be back home for a little bit. So thank you We for are us. excited to have you here. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited for you guys to be able to share your story with us. This podcast was developed to be able to... to do that share people's stories and in whatever type of situation whatever aspect of your life you are mm -hmm. um that's what it's about it's about sharing and inspiring others motivating others and you guys definitely do that thank you you mm -hmm. guys are definitely very motivating and people that can aspire others thank you and congratulations to you because i think that's what the world needs right now to hear real stories real things that are happening, you know, especially with everything that we've been through in these past few years, it's, it's refreshing to hear something blossom from it. And yeah. I feel like, you know, that's, that's what our journey has been so far. And very San Antonio focused yes. because I, I'm not originally from San Antonio, but I feel adopted by yeah. San Antonio already. I've been, I've been here over 10 years already. And I mean, San Antonio is a one of a kind city. It's For that sure. type of city. It's a family city. Yes. And I think, Somehow, it's, it's, a, it's a big city with a yeah. small town feel. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, we're from the south side and I mean, you know, south of Military Drive, you go to the store, you're going to see somebody, you know, from school. Or you're going to see somebody that from from the family, you know, you're going to see somebody. And it, that's where you get that small town. It's you know, comfort. Vibe from. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. Well, I want to start from the very beginning, guys. Yes. I have always wondered what was it like? What would it be like to grow up? in a musically inclined family where uh, you have musicians, your dad, your mom, or, or whatnot is in the music industry. Mm -hmm. What would it be like as a child growing up in that atmosphere? What was it f like for you guys? I think we had, uh, to me, I, you know, when people ask me, I, I loved my childhood. I had the normal go to school, you know, do your sports and play things like that and be with your cousins at parties and family get togethers. But then I also saw, you know, my dad and my uncle be people recognized throughout the world, throughout, you know, the, especially, you know, just here in San Antonio, we'd go, people always ask me, when did you know that your dad was, you know, somebody important? And I'm like, we used to go to like Taco Cabana and they would give us free tacos for no reason. And they'd be <laughs> like, how come they're giving us tacos, dad? And he'd be like, don't you know who I am? Hey! <laughs> it was <laughs> mostly with like, food that we were most food food that we would get. But I'd be like, man, they're giving free time something's different yeah. you know something was up about him and just seeing them you know on stage my uncle and them doing uh the tejanos for children which was a big thing here seeing what they were able to do in their career and things like that you know we got to grow up with that as well so i feel like you know like rigo said being on the south side everybody knows everybody so we were you know people are always asking were you a bad kid or would you know would, would you get in trouble no because we were the Navitas. Um, you know, my dad always instilled that we're everywhere. If people see you acting bad, they're going to come tell us. 
Everybody knows and, us. And we learned that from school because my mom worked at the elementary Everybody school. Everybody worked at the school. My mom my worked mom, at the school. My, my grandma. grandma. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we, we couldn't. couldn't. <laughs> we couldn't be bad. We couldn't there be bad. There was no way, no no wiggle room no. for you guys to show any kind of rebellion no. whatsoever. One no. time I got in That's trouble. That's why we're bad now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's why one time I got in trouble when I was little. Great, greatest story in the world. Uh, it was Halloween. I dressed up as Spider-Man and everybody, not just me, everybody would climb the walls in the restroom. <laughs> And after school, I had the Spider-Man suit. I was like, I have to do this. Yeah. It's only appropriate. Yeah. So I did it, and the janitor was in there, and he caught me, took me straight to the principal's office. (laughs) And my mom is the secretary, so her desk is right next to the door. Oh, my God. And Rigo, mamitis. Mamitis. 100%. (laughs) Not that bad, no more. I already know my mom was crying. I already know. (laughs) Back in the day. But, I mean, usually, I mean, we were always good. We were always, every all the teachers knew us because of my mom. And my grandma, so we were we were nice, but yeah, I got in trouble that one time. And luckily, the principal was busy, so he didn't talk to me. It was just my mom <laughs> and the vice principal. And what did she say? She was just like, "Why are you doing that? You can't be doing that stuff." And I was like, oh, "I'm sorry. I'll be good. I swear." <laughs> yeah, no te quedaron ganas. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not a troublemaker, so I was just like, I was. If I get in trouble, I mean, I start losing it. I start tripping. Yeah, he starts tripping out, but. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a great childhood, and and you know, music was always a part of what we did. Um, my grandfather was the more the one who pushed it on us. He would take us to like the thrift stores on Sundays, and um, he'd be like, "Okay, everybody, pick a record, a literal record." And we didn't know who they were. I mean, we we're three, four years old, you know. And he, we would pick a song, and we had to learn that song and perform it for him. So he was the one that that kind of pushed us more. My dad and my uncle, they were just doing their thing. So, you know, they would watch us perform and, you know, clap and encourage us. But my grandfather, for me, was the one who pushed me a little bit more. Was it at this point that you guys discovered your your love or your talent for music? Yeah, I mean, it was always around. Um, like I said, you know, we were in clubs watching our dad's, dads perform whenever we were two years old. You know, we were in festivals at huge festivals. The Donald's Free Children Festival that my uncle would throw here in San Antonio every year would be a big thing that a lot of people would go to and and we got to be backstage and see how other artists worked and we were at we were there at a young age you know yeah and uh that really you know got us into the whole music thing i mean that's what we knew that's what we grew up that's what we grew up learning and learning and yeah. seeing you know firsthand and um i think it was just i think we always knew we were going to do this yeah it was just a matter of time and you know, we had to we had to go through life. We mm-hmm. had to go through through school and through college and through meeting new people and getting out of San Antonio, coming back, you know, missing it. And um, I think that's led us, you know, to where we're at now. What was it like uh, you as younger children, uh, when, like you mentioned, getting to go to those festivals and those concerts and stuff and mm-hmm. watching your dad or watching your uncle up there? It was it was awesome. I, I mean, remember one time they played at I think it was the Prince of Peace Festival here in somewhere. San Antonio and Jennifer Benya was playing and I'm super fan still I'm to this day and I must have been like five or six and I have a picture with her my uncle is like I'll never forget he, oh my dad he was like mija this is my daughter destiny she loves your cd and I had her cd she signed it and I was like oh my god starstruck Jennifer Benya yeah. you know that's who I wanted to be I wanted to do that you know that's I think when I knew around that age four to six years old singing was something important to me and it just kind of stuck from there and you mentioned your grandfather uh was was the one that 
influenced you the mm-hmm. most of going down that route. But once you d- decided that you wanted to do music, I mean, did your parents put you guys into music classes or did you have music teachers or the opposite anything that. like that? The, <laughs> they thought that we were going to go pl- like be in the, be Olympics, the Olympics or something yeah. like that. Really? Yeah. I mean, they put us in sports. Uh, I was in T-ball. I was Two and Rigo a half. was two and a half when he started. When my mom put me in T-ball. And I mean, we were all little kids, you know, so we were babies just running around the field, <laughs> not really knowing what to but do. But it's it's really because my, my uncle Emilio was a huge sports guy. Yes. Um, anything football, Cowboys, Rangers. He was a Texas Rangers fan. Um, anything sports, he loved. So when we were kids, he sponsored in every league. He had a team. Oh, there the, in Five Diamonds. At Five Diamonds on the South Side. side um, called the Rio Riders. And uh, I, that's, those are my childhood memories growing up at that ballpark, Five Diamonds. That's all we did. We were there all the time, you know, outside playing and practice and mm-hmm. games and then, you know, pool parties and group things at Peter Piper. Like, yeah. that's, what, that's what we did. We, we played baseball. We were a baseball family. And then throughout that, you know, in high school, I continued with, with the sports. He would always tell me, Mika, like, I'm so glad you play sports because my cousins... My cousins didn't play. They they went to a private school, so they didn't have uh, the sports. They're a Montessori school, mm. so they didn't have like the sports teams. But I I continued to do so. So he was always that was one of our connections that we had. Um, so that's why we did kind of all that other stuff. But the music, I think it just came in, you know, with them playing. Um, I tell Regal, I think the first time I was on stage that I performed with my uncle, and my dad on stage, singing by myself. I was eight years old, and I sang um, Me de la Nube with them and you know now that i back then i didn't think like "Eh, okay like it's normal now that i think about it and like working on my show and what i want to do i'm like my uncle let an eight-year-old little girl get on stage during his (laughs) set that he's getting paid for yeah like for him to have that confidence in me and my dad to have that confidence in me that means the world you know now that i think about it i'm Mm -hmm. like that's not normal for for somebody to do my cousins as well Emilio and Diego they'd get up and play rock and roll in the set during the set and he let us do that you know so I think that's where a lot of that's where a lot of my confidence came from no so yeah same I mean we would go up there and do do some do some rock with with my cousins and then I would be up there I'll dress up in cowboy and dance with my dad you know until I was like they were like Dr. Evil and Mini Me yeah it was exactly (laughs) like that you know and I mean that's you know, I at that point, did you want to be like him? Yeah, I mean, at that point, yeah, I wanted to be on stage. I, I mean, I didn't care. I didn't know any songs, you know, at that age. And uh, I mean, I knew the English songs, but when it came to Spanish, you know, I, I didn't really know too much. And uh, we, he got me on stage, and you know, I was just like, all right, well, I'm gonna put on the show with Dad, and I would just dance like the way he <laughs> did. And and uh, yeah, like Destiny said, I was like his mini me. Like yeah. I would dress up like exactly from the like boots him. to the hat, everything, you know. <laughs> And, uh, no, it was a good experience though, because I mean, I got to travel on the road with them. We all did. We went to different places. One Mm -hmm. time we went to Kansas with them, which was really cool. I remember that was like our first big old trip that we took, uh, with the band and, you know, we hung out with those guys. They were like 26, 27. They were our age now. Yeah. The band that my uncle had when we were on the road with them. So, you know, they've seen us too. And, you know, they'll send me messages. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this (laughs) and that. And, uh, well, I mean, like Rigo said, we saw firsthand experience of somebody on the road living that lifestyle as their bread and butter, not anything else. And I think that's why for me, I always thought, okay, it's realistic. You know, I can do it. And, and they, that gave me a lot of confidence. Like I said, he put me on stage when I was eight years old singing on Emilio Navarra's set. 
you know, it, to think about it now, it's, it's, it's a big deal to me. So it was, it was fun. And, and like I said, I think the music was just always around. We knew it was going to be part of us. We just didn't know. At this point, How? were you guys only exposed to Tejano music or, or in your, in your house? I mean, was there a little bit of everything? Oh, there was a little bit of everything. Dad, my uncle grew up with George Strait, Ramon Ayala, um, what else? Uh, Pedro Infante. Uh, they, music was all around. My uncle was a big rocker too. And my dad was too. I mean, they Van were Halen. into Van Halen, ZZ Top. And we were open to all these kinds of music. My dad was a big Frank Sinatra fan as well. He's a big till this day and then my and Annie vet um she had a lot to do with it too she was more of the like earth wind and fire and like Michael gloria jackson. stefan j-lo kind of more like the poppy r&b kind of stuff michael jackson was mm -hmm. huge for us and so we were we kind of had a circle of everything and then when they entered the country market of course that was another another genre so we really had all types of music texas we were texas. real texas i feel like yeah. that's what texas is you know it's just a melting pot of of many different artists. You got Beyonce in Houston, ZZ Top in Houston, Tambien, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan in Austin. You got Selena in Corpus. You got yeah. you Mr. Know, George Strait. George, George Strait. Strait yeah, you know, exactly. Pearsall, Texas right there, you know? Yeah. And it's just, you know, it, it's really cool because I feel like now with what we're doing in our music, that's what we're trying to hear do. It. You can hear it. It's a mix of not just, you know, the tr traditional ranchero or the traditional bolero uh, for Tejanos. It, it's, it's mixing in all the influences that we grew up listening to because that's who we are. You know, that's who we are as people, as, as artists. Uh, okay. So growing up, you guys are doing sports. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, sports in school, sports in school. Was, school was number one. And, and I mean, how did the music even come to be? How did that, so how did that start? In 2008, um, when my uncle and my dad, they wrecked in Houston, my uncle, he was out from 2008 to, to 2011. 2010, 2011. 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So during that time, um, I mean, my dad still had to work. So we started going on the road. Emilio, Diego, my cousins, me, Rigo, my dad, and two of the other guys that played in my uncle's band. How old were you, you guys? I was 15 when I this was, happened. I was 11, maybe? Yeah, 12? I was I was 15. And we finished out my uncle's tour for that year. All the dates that he had, we finished them out. We went to California. We went to uh, all around Texas, Arizona. Did we go to Florida? I want to say Florida. I want to we say, yeah, to. I want to say that too. Yeah. We, um, we finished out his tour that year. And that I think too was another like reinforcement of, okay, you can be on stage and you can sing, you know? And I always laugh because now like, I guess this happens as you get older, like my high school friends, like they would make fun of me. They'd be like you sing that like on the weekends and i'm like dude like this is my this is how my family survives you know yeah. and now it's funny like i'll share my stuff and they're like oh my god this song rocks or like whatever. or they're at or they're at uh the tejano bars over yeah, here now like, at the Tejano bars. Like, it's, it's funny it's funny to me but yeah that's that's when we really got on the road um so we finished out his tour and then thank you god he came back in 2011 he started working again but my dad um i think he saw it in us and he loved being on the road with us. You know, it was hard. My uncle was a different person when after the wreck. And and to me, I think, yeah, he was, you know, he had injuries and stuff. But uh, he came back more childlike. He came back with very emotional, very yes. just loving. And he wanted to experience everything. And, you know, it was it was a little hard to be on the road like that because it, he wasn't the old Emilio that 
that he used to be mm -hmm. as far as like business and you know things like that he had a lot of cariño he had more cariño es, mm -hmm. era una persona muy noble mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. la persona mm -hmm. más noble más sí. linda sí and, sí. and you know you could see the difference and I think my dad loved it but at the same time he missed his big brother I think he felt like he had to take care of yeah. more things like the roles had reversed yeah mm -hmm. and so he wanted to continue with us and that's kind of when we started um, yeah, we Remedio started, in 2014 yeah we started Remedio in 2014 I started with my dad in 2013 uh, playing bass I didn't want to play football in middle school 2010 2010 T 2010 yeah I'm sorry 2010 no uh, more sports no more sports <laughs> the I didn't want to run <laughs> I didn't want to run I didn't want nobody yelling at me <laughs> you know and so my dad was like alright you know every two hours that you're gonna go practice over there at school you're gonna practice bass because I need a bass player and 2010 was my first show on New Year's Day We played a wedding in the valley, and uh, ever since then, I never looked back. Uh, I started my own rock band in middle school, and our guitar player uh, in yeah. our rock band is now our guitar player. Our bajo player. Our bajo, yeah. Bajo we, he's more Mexicano than I yeah. am, man. And I mean, when <laughs> I first right. met him, he was puro gringo, like all rock, rock Clark, and roller. He went to Clark High School. He went to Clark High School, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, now he's playing in the band, and I mean, we've grown. We've grown with the people that we play with now, and, and my dad's seen that too, you know? And um, it's it's been a journey. It's been a real big journey. I, I got to play with Grupo Vida for like two years too, uh, during my high school, my high school time, whenever I was in high school. And uh, I learned a lot on the road with those guys. And then after that, Destiny was like, all right, we're gonna, you know, my dad was like, let's do Remedio. 2015, we came out with our first album. Mm -hmm. And then 2017, we did our second one. Yeah, so we've got two under our belt as Grupo Remedio, Raulito y Remedio. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that's when it started for real. My after the crash, we took over that rest of the tour that my uncle had, and and it just kind of yeah. snowballed from there. Mm -hmm. And during this time, was it? Mo I mean, your father, your father started uh, Grupo Remedio. You guys, you guys came on, mm -hmm. and it was pretty much you guys doing what he told you to do, right? I yeah. mean, you guys are, are under his his wing, and he's telling you what to do. Yeah, we had you know the songs that we had on our first album. We all kind of came up with them together. But as far as the show went, you know, he was like, okay, you're going to sing back up here or we're going to sing this song or this song. You should learn this song. And then more because we hadn't discovered as much music as, you know, as we have now or as we have, what, five years ago. Yeah, yeah. So um, he was running the show. And, and, you know, it was cool. It's cool now to think back about it. And my dad deserved that time. I think he, you know, he was always in the shadow. Um, and not that he didn't care. I mean, He's a big man inside and out, and he never got outshined, but I think he felt good to be in charge, you know, and I'm glad that we got to do that for him because he deserves it. You know, people don't know. People don't understand. They think that he's just, he was my uncle's sidekick, which he was, but he's also the, the writer of all the hits. I mean, Como Le Haré, Remedio de Amor, Eclipse, Jurame, um, Mi Destino. That's why my name is Destiny. Mi Destino came out when I was born. And he put, you know, he put Destiny as my name. I mean, there's that's, a whole That's why the, the band's name is Remedio, because my favorite song from my dad is called uh, Remedio de Amor, that he wrote for my uncle. So I was like, okay, that's the name of the there's band. There's a meaning behind everything. Yeah, exactly. we, try to, we try to do it, you know, and, and I think that's, I've learned, I'm super symbolic of things. Like, I love when things symbolize stuff. And um, to me, it just means more. It just means more. And, and like I said, I think my dad deserved that time. And then, you know, we were on the road with Remedio from 2014 to 2018. Yeah, around there. And when it, 
you know, that's when I kind of decided that, hey, I think it's time to kind of do my own thing. Now, during this time, I mean, you guys are still young. You guys are still doing school, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, are yeah, you guys were physically going to school still. Yeah. I mean, because uh, a, a lot of uh, other people that are in this situation, they usually start doing school, mm-hmm. you know, on their own and, and not going to school. But you guys were still actually going to school. Yeah. And then like gigging on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, sometimes like when I was in college, they would pick me up or I would drive back to San Antonio um, and on the weekends, you know, we'd go. It it wasn't as busy when I was in school, but when Regal was, that we were on the road every, every weekend. weekend. Yeah. So he was coming home and we would go pick him up or whatever the case may be. And so, yeah, we we were still doing it. It was a lot. Yeah. And tell me, I mean, you had already, des- you, you decided, you knew that you wanted to do music. Mm-hmm. Why go to college? My mom, I think, you know, my mom saw the struggle of that life. Mm-hmm. And we did too. We and did we did too. too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, my uncle was my uncle, but we saw when he was all, you know, glam and fabulous life. But then we also saw when, hey, you know, we don't know what we're going to do this month. Or like there's only... 10 people at the show, right. you know? So, so it was, it was just seeing that range of how things were and how things could be. And my mom, you know, always said, you have to go, you have to go. I don't care what you say. And I'm glad that she did it. Um, you know, I met my friends for life there and now, you know, they, we had a show in Houston and they were all, they were all there, a bunch of my friends from Houston that I went to school with. And to me, um, you know, I will always be grateful for my education but to me, it was the people I met and the experiences that I had that have truly made me who I am and are a big part of me. And now, you know, I'm in a sorority. I was in a sorority in college and I've got sisters nationwide, you know, and I'm able to share my music. We have a, a page on Facebook and I'm always like, hey, sisters, you know, this is my new song. And people I don't know are like, oh, my God, you know, I love this or I love whatever. And it's cool to see, you know, it's cool. It's a cool thing to be a part of. I think we also learned a lot about our culture. Yeah. Um, Destiny, yeah. Destiny joined that sorority and uh, she showed me artists from Mexico and artists that, you know, people from, from Mexico grew up with, you know, like uh, Bronco. She showed me uh, Intocable. She showed me Duelo. I mean, a lot of these bands, yeah, like Duelo and Intocable, they're from here. But I mean, I it's really, more a little bit more Norteño. Yeah. And style. I learned a lot. And I fell in love with it. We we fell in love with it. And I think that's what opened the door for us to be like, okay, we're we're Tejanos, we're gonna do this. Let's do what these guys are doing too. You know, they're they're creating new music. They're 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 still traditional, but they're keeping they're pushing the envelope. Yeah. You know? And and, and mom wasn't pushing you guys necessarily to do one certain thing or anything like that. She just wanted you guys to go, go to, to school. She just wanted us yeah. to have that that backup. A backup plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At any, she, and I, I, she knows we're stubborn too. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. Exactly. My poor she knows mother. what she's dealing with. Yeah, yes. she knows. <laughs> she knows. And I ask you both, during your experience in college, at any point uh, during that experience, did you guys ever decide, oh, maybe, maybe music isn't what I want to do. Maybe I do want to do something else. Or was it that situation that thrusted you and told you, no, you, you need to go down this yeah. other route? I think I, think I knew, uh, well, in, in high school, I didn't do sports. I did more... Uh, theater and broadcasting and I knew I wanted to do something with with film or something with with the camera you know and I was like okay well I'm gonna go to school for for film let's see what I can do you know and I, I did that and I learned and I love it film is one of my favorite hobbies one of my favorite favorite things in the whole wide world besides music and uh, I feel that uh, I feel like you know I learned my stuff that I needed to and then 
it was just always music was there though i think no it took what. over i think we we got really busy when i was in school it wasn't as as much but it was something that i loved to do and so when regal was there i got more serious about it so sorry but then yeah. we started getting yeah i busier. mean my i was lucky enough my freshman and sophomore year we didn't really play as much so i mean i was over there in austin a lot but then my junior and senior year came and and destiny you know really started taking it more seriously and and i was just like okay and every weekend i was you know every week i would i think i would have classes tuesday through friday and so monday i would make my way up to austin and then as soon as my last class on friday hit i would go straight to san antonio and uh we go wherever yeah, we needed to go wherever we needed to go and uh, it was an experience for us for for sure but uh you know we learned a lot from it and you know i'm thankful for for the like Justin said for the experiences that we created and that we have because of college um you know it shaped us into the people that we are today for sure and we made amazing friends uh you know i've i've learned so many things not just about film but also about life up there too living by yourself is just a totally different thing and uh you you know you make the decisions that you want to and and i feel like everybody needs to go through that everybody needs to experience that to really understand okay like this is how you live life this is how you this is a to way discover to, what you like yeah. and develop a character exactly 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 so you're going to school touring with your dad at what point do you decide okay i i like i like this but i i want to do my own thing this happened in tell, tell them the story about the second album oh yeah i forgot and and, <laughs> and what was the reaction of of your dad yeah. who at this point you know so I, he had his own band yeah right, <laughs> right. so i um i started writing in 2018 and the songs were just coming out you're just coming out and i told my dad dad i have these songs and i want to record them whatever i was showing him he's like they're good me whatever so at this time we were with a record label vmb and um we had recorded the second album and we had some issues with it as far as you know the process this was our first time ever recording by ourselves my dad was kind of in his own thing my uncle had just died it was uh it was a crazy time for us and um so I had started writing. We had a meeting to discuss the third, the, the next CD with VMB. And basically the, the CEO told me, you know, the last record, your dad wasn't present very much. And basically you and Regal can record one song each and your dad's going to record the rest. And that's coming from the second album that we did where we recorded all the songs and dad only had like two, two songs on there. So it was just like, I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is, this is not how our show goes. You know, I was singing the majority of the songs. My dad was more just there because the people love him. Yeah. You know, he would sing his songs here and there, but I was doing more of it. And I kind of started feeling like it wasn't fair. It wasn't right. I wasn't feeling valued, you know? So when he told me that, I lost it. I I was so mad. I said, well, I, I'm not doing that. I said, that's not who we are. So I took it upon myself, got the contract we had, made sure I wasn't binded by anything. And I wasn't. Um, because they hadn't even in reality signed me and Regal. They just signed my dad. So when I found that out, it just made me even more pissed off. And that, that day I told Regal, I, I, I got home and I said, I have this idea for a song. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to think about it. And you start, start playing, you know, whatever, start figuring out an arrangement. And that's how I wrote Preferida. 
the song preferida came out because that day I was so mad and it talks about, you know, you kind of didn't give me the time of day. You really didn't care. Like, and now, you know, I'm always, I will always be the preferida. You know, I knew that I had something under my belt. They didn't want to give me the time of day. So that's when I started um, doing the demos with my friend, Mike Aguilar. And he said, you know, you should go to this guy, Rudy. He's Fito's son. He's really good. He's outside of the Tejano world. Just try it. So I talked to Rudy, we figured things out, and that's when I started recording La Preferida because I was just not having it. I was not going to let people take my work and not appreciate it because it had came from such a, not a dark place, but such a deep place um, when I started writing. And so I started that. We had another, I had posted like some pictures on Instagram and the CEO of VMB saw it and he's like, he texts me, he's like, hey, we need to have a meeting. And basically at that meeting, he kind of just told me, you know, we're going to have to figure out how we're going to release our, this album. And I said, hold on, hold on. I said, you're not releasing, you know, my album. I said, you didn't want to even record me on this album. So I'm not binded by a contract. I mean, it's just, I'm not going to do that. So long story short, it didn't end up happening the way he wanted it to. And I took my own steps and, you know, I took a big it was a big risk. And my dad was, you know, he was a little bit upset at me because he, my dad is very, he's non-confrontational. He just wanted us to be out there. And I understand that, you know, he wanted us to be successful and, and he saw that opportunity to take that, you know, those, these people had artists, these people had Stephanie, these people had Tropa F, hometown, hometown boys, I mean, staples in the Tejano music. So he wanted us to be a part of that. But, and I'm sure as a father, he wanted to be able to protect you guys. Exactly. I mean, you guys are his kids, you exactly. know, he has you under his wing. He, he knows mm. what's going on and he's able to, to protect yeah. you from anything. Yeah. So he mm. was a little, you know, upset at first, but I think when he started hearing the songs and the product, um, he was like, okay, you have, I know you can do it now. And so, and, to this and at day, this point, I mean, at this point, does he, is it kind of like, Okay, so when you guys were with Remedio, he was the one, you know, doing the moves, making the moves and stuff like that. Yeah, At this point, yeah. is it, uh, pues estás, okay, it was dale, yeah, pero tú, he's tú arreglatelas. He's kind of let us, he's let okay. us do our own thing now. Y uh, todavía estábamos en la gira con él mm -hmm. durante todo el tiempo que yo estaba grabando. We were still on tour with Remedio, and I was singing again, majority of the, of the songs. But, um, you know, I don't even know how we really found the time to record because... We were on the road quite a bit. Yeah, we were. Uh, I think it was just, I mean, it was just determination. Destiny was very determined. You know, she called me towards my last couple, you know, months in college. And she was just like, hey, voy a grabar un disco solo. Y si tú quieres ayudarme, pues, I'm here. You okay. Know? And I was just like, okay, well, I'm, I'm here for you too. Like, I'm here to help with whatever you need. And What made you believe in her in her? vision and her project destiny's i've grown up with her you know all my life i've known her all my life she was my first friend and i know how she thinks and i know when she has her when she puts her mind to something she she gets it done she gets it done so she told me i'm gonna do this and i could tell i was just like all right she's real serious about this let's let's do it yeah and was um, it at this point where she was driving back and forth to houston yeah yeah th okay. there was a, that was that time you know she would pick i would go to san antonio she would drop me and uh, mike aguilar off in houston we would stay there, record all the music, and she would go back to work. And then she would come back to Houston, and then we would show her our finished product, whatever we had done for the day. And she would go and record her vocals. And yeah. 
it was, it was a lot. It was a process. Eso es hambre. Eso es hambre. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. motivation. That's drive. That's. Exactly. And I think my right dad there. saw me doing that too. And he was like, okay, like she's, she's taking it serious. You know, she's not just, ah, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I think I felt too, you know, I was working at, um, my, one of my friends, she owns a cheer gym and I was working at her cheer gym doing, um, like the books and everything. And I just, I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I wasn't feeling fulfilled. And she, you know, we talked about it and I told her like, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to have to be going back and forth, like whatever. And she supported it. You know, she's like, this is what I wanted to do my gym. And I did it because people helped me. She goes, so I'm going to help you. And that was, that was a huge help for me. And, you know, I have a couple of good friends, my good friend, Ruben Valdez, he, um, he went to UT with me. He studied PR. So he knew all about that stuff. And he would help me on my social media. I mean, he's fashion, all that stuff. I don't know anything about. He would help me, you know, as much as he could. So that's really how I started with humble beginnings through my friends, through my family. And um, then I, my rep, my manager, she had always been a longtime friend of the family since my uncle and my dad started. But I met her for real as me, you know, who I was in 2015, a year mm-hmm. before my uncle passed. And when I showed her what I had, she was like, I want to help you. I want to help you and I want to invest in you. And it started from there. So she helped me do videos. She helped me do, and a lot of other people too, um, you know, they, they saw us grow up, you know, on the road and, and the fact that I was doing something, they wanted to help. So I would get like a hundred dollars here, you know, somebody would give me $200 here because I, it takes money, guys. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to, and to do what I wanted to do, I swear, I'm. I wanted to be Beyonce, right? I was like, we're doing ten videos, and we're doing this and that, and this and that. Sixteen outfit changes. Yeah. Exactly. And- <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So it, it did. It took a lot of money. It took a lot of hard work, and I, you know, to this day, I have. I call them these angels. All my, all my people who helped me from the start. You know, I, I try to keep in touch with them and send them everything that I'm doing because without them, I couldn't have done it. There's no way. There's no way. And I knew my dad was really on board when we were doing the videos. Um, he had gotten an opportunity with a, with a company um, that was, you know, paying him pretty well. And he pretty much paid for half of the videos. And I was like, okay, he he believes in me. You know, he knows that I'm really going to do it. Ya se le quitó lo enojado. Hey. <laughs> Exactamente. <laughs> no, hombre, for one of the videos, um, estábamos en, en, what is it called? In West oh, Texas? Oh, in Monahans, Monahans Texas. Monahans, Texas. Get in the sand, sand dunes. In the okay. Sand dunes there. First of all, it was Father's Day. It was Father's Day. We had played a gig and I said, well, where are we going to be there? So let's let's shoot the video, right? It was Father's Day. It's June. Hot, 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 right? We're all wearing black. Oh. I'm, I'm like, y'all are all wearing black. I have this red <laughs> dress on, like, all to the max, right? And I'm like, Dad, I need you to, you got to be in it. Like, you got to get dressed. And so he's like pissed off at me. It's Father's Day. It's hot outside. He had to climb up to the we top to, of the sand yeah, dune. Yeah, he had to climb the sand dune, right? And, you know, that's, I mean, my dad, um, I'm his baby. You yeah. know? And, and he did that for me. Eres su destino. Yeah, exactamente. And, you know, just to just to, to think about that that first video, yeah, that was one of the first it. videos we did. But, I mean, it, we learned a lot from, from that, you know. Uh, like Destiny said, we had a lot of friends helping us out. Uh, we shot eight videos on the first disc, uh, Preferida, it's on Spotify, Apple Music. Y'all can go check it out if you want. Uh, we did eight videos. We did six videos in a week. And then the other two, like, I think, like, the month before we did those six videos. That's a lot. And yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of work. Thank- thankfully, we had a lot of friends. I 
with my contacts over there in Austin, you know, I made friends in the, in the film department up there and in the film school. And, uh, one of my good buddies, Axel, um, Alcron. Mm -hmm. I still have trouble saying his last name. Uh, he lives in Austin and he just started a, a production company called Bunch Punch Productions. And he helped us out. He was so down. He was excited for what we were doing. We told him, you know, uh, I feel like a lot, um, I feel like a lot of people in this industry and in that the hollow music, especially here in San Antonio, it's not really, it's more singers than there is artists. I feel like that definition gets blurred. Blurry. Yeah. Because, uh, what we were doing and what we understand now is that we're trying to be artists. We're trying to be, I want, I don't want just my destiny Nevada to be like, Oh yeah, she's a singer. I want people to think destiny and think this is what this is how she looks. This is how she sounds. This is what she feels like, because I feel like that's what my uncle did. I mean, his Wranglers and, you know, start shirt and hat. That was a, that was a whole style yeah. that he had a huge part of. And like, I'm not saying basic down to my clothes or anything, but I'm just saying I want people to feel who I am through my music, through my videos and things like that. And I think that's like what Rigo said. We're discovering as we're trying to be artists. We're not just trying to, to play. Yes, that's a huge part of it, but I want to be an identity in the world. I think that's, that's why it's taking longer. Yeah. And that's why, you know, it's been a struggle because it's... Rome wasn't built in the day. Right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, tienes todas estas canciones, tienes mm -hmm. estos videos, ¿qué sigue? So, the album was coming out slowly but surely. Uh, Inolvidable was the first uh, single. It came out in August of 2019. And después, you know, I wasn't getting the response that I wanted. I wasn't getting what I wanted from the radio. I wasn't getting the people messaging me and, and liking my stuff. Specifically here in San Antonio? or Well, I was trying everywhere, but okay. mostly here because we were here. We were here. based yeah. out here. Yeah. We yeah. were here. So I talked to my manager and I said, hey, I want to go to Monterrey. The first time I had been to Monterrey was after my uncle died. And I sang, um, they had like a Tejano Music Awards event there. And we did a an homenaje, homenaje yeah. uh, to my to my uncle. It was like months after he died, and so I saw the people respond. That was the first time I saw my dad in Monterrey. And when we were going, he was like, "You better prepare yourself." And I was like, "Why?" He's like, "I'm like Elvis in Mexico." I'm like, "Shut up, Dad!" I'm like, "No, you're not." <laughs> we get to the hotel, and literally, like the people swarm at him, and they hadn't been there, you know. And and my uncle had just passed, so. I saw it and I was like, oh my God, you are like Elvis. You know, I was like, wow. And he just opened a whole new world to me. And so I talked to my manager. I said, we got to go to Monterrey. Let's see what we can do. Just try to get my song on the radio. That's all I want. That's all I want. One thing led to another, you know, her tia, she's got a lot of family out there. Her tia knew this person. They knew this person. The phone call came from, uh, she told me that a guy named Manuel Herrera wanted to, would agree to produce me and to help me and release my stuff over there. And I knew that name. I said, Manuel Herrera. I was telling my dad, and he's like, that's Manuel. Manuel is the owner of Uni Music, my, my publishing company. And they recorded the Grammy album that my uncle won in 2002. And many other they albums. They did three albums. 2001, 2002, 2003. Yeah. So they had a few albums under, under their belt together. And it was just, it felt right. Yeah. Complete circle. It's like, Alexa, please play God's Plan. Yes. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> right now. Exactly. Right now, please. And Manuel, es un, es, he's, he, he's not a normal person. I mean, 
he's so loving and everything is so positive and and that's what i needed i felt like i needed that so we started working with him and we started going to monterrey you know letting out the different songs we shot a video mm. we did radio the mm. first time i did radio <laughs> i didn't even i was so excited we get to the radio station i'm like oh my god i have to talk in spanish i totally forgot i had did, didn't even think of it from then to now my spanish has come a long way todavía estoy batallando con, pues, con cosas no but estamos aprendiendo yeah we're still learning and being there every day is really what's doing what's doing the job so we started doing that and we had plans to do this, to be on the radio tour, to do festivals, just things like that. The day my album came out, March 24th, the city shut down because of COVID 2020. And I didn't know what to do. I was completely just shattered. Um, and luckily I have Rigo, like, like we said, you know, we kind of talk each other down when, when we're not thinking straight. And my manager, too, she's got a lot of faith in me. She um, she said, look, let's do it live. Everybody's doing live. She said, let's do it live and see what the people say. And that's all we can do. What can we do? That's it. So I was like, all right. So we did the live and we had a good response. I think at one time we had like seven, 800 people watching. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I was surprised. I mean, I didn't have that many followers back then. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was really cool to see. So throughout the COVID, you know, we were trying to push the songs as much as we could just through Zoom interviews and things like that. And the music videos were still coming out. So I was like, that's why God did that for me, because, you know, this time was going to happen. At least I have this to push still. We did from March to well, the last single was in January, in January of 2021. 2021. Yeah, that was the last single. That was wow. Contigo Sin Ti. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I still had videos and content coming out. I just we couldn't play. Um, and in June of 2020. May, June. May, I was, yeah. May, Destiny was real. Was I was just going to say, what kind of toll did that, yeah. that take? I was very, very um, jaded, I think, by you work hard and you get results. Um, because I was starting to see the results and then it was all taken away from me by something that I couldn't control. I couldn't take this virus out of the air. I couldn't, you know, we couldn't do anything. And that for me, when I can't try to fix something because there's literally not a solution, I couldn't deal with it. And I was becoming um, somebody that I really wasn't. I'm, I'm usually happy-go-lucky, but at that time, I just, I couldn't do it. And Regal was a big part of that. He helped me, you know, we would write songs or we would, whatever we could do. What was it that you, that you were feeling? I felt like, I felt like the world was against me. I felt like I had put out this album. Nobody was paying attention to me here. So I thought of something else and I took a risk and I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. And I was like, okay, I can go back and, you know, I'm ready to go again. I had gotten rejuvenated and then it was taken away from me again. And I just didn't understand why I would just be like, why me? Why me? Of all the times I wanted to release an album and then a, a pandemic hits. Why? You know, I just, I didn't understand. Were you discouraged? Uh, I was, I think I always knew I was going to continue, but it was more the fear of, you know, I'm getting older. I'm not, you know, am I going to have enough time to do what I want to do? When do I know this is going to end? This is how, how do I know? I don't know. You know, it was the questioning and it was more frustration. I think, I don't think I was uh, discouraged. I was frustrated. I was very frustrated and it was, it, it was kind of good in a way because it motivated me to keep you know, writing and to get everything out that I was feeling. But at the same time, I wasn't happy. I was very just hurt with the world. Yeah. 
Could, hurt with the world. Did you notice that? Yeah, I mean, we lived in a little house behind uh, my grandma. Um, she had like this little like studio apartment in the back, and me and Destiny were there most of the time. And I saw her. I mean, she was in bed most of the days during the pandemic, like not wanting to do anything. And you know, that wasn't really her. And I knew that I had to, you know, step it up. And I talked to to um, our manager and. She was like, well, what do you, what's the next plan? Like, what do we do? Because Destiny doesn't really want to do anything right now. And I was just like, well, look, let's start working on this next album. Like, that's the best thing to do right now. This is the time to be creative. And uh, our recording player, Lalo, uh, it was the uh, Eagle Pass, Texas. He came over to the house. Very good songwriter. Very great. Amazing musician. Accordion player, bajo player, guitar player. He plays everything. And he came over to the house. We were in that little studio apartment, us three in May. We wrote about eight songs and we were going through so much stuff uh, during those times. Of course, all the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, everything was happening. We wrote a song about that called uh, Cruel uh, Realidad. It's on YouTube, everything like that. We did music video and uh, that I think after that song, we kind of were like, OK, well, we're writing about what we're living, what mm-hmm. we're going through, you know, and that's like how I said, like, I feel like that's whenever we opened our eyes and be like, OK, we're artists like we're doing things that artists are doing like right now you know like let's keep that up and i told our manager i was just like if we're gonna write all the, if we're gonna record all these songs i was like we need to do something special and she was like well i already want to take my kids out somewhere else too because they're all depressed you know everybody's locked in the house and i was like well where do you want to go she was like you want to go to colorado and we're like okay let's go you know i jumped on that and i was like d we have to go I was and so she mad was mad. She I was, was like, mad. Why? I was like, why do y'all want to go? We're going to get sick and this and that. Like, <laughs> y'all are dumb. Let's just record a house. Let's just get a house here. We can rent a house here. I don't know why y'all want to go all the way to Colorado. I was so mad. <laughs> she was really mad. I And I usually, I mean, if she's mad about that and says like all these things, like how she said right now, like, why do you all want to go? Like, we're going to get sick. I was like, I well, was just like, everything was so new yeah, everything and then was so new. you turn on the news and oh everybody's getting sick and oh uh, people are dying over here mm-hmm. and this state is blah 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 yeah. and it's like we, it was there was so much uncertainty yeah. I told her I was just like I don't care dude like we need to get out of here you're you're not you right now you're not you right now and you need a different taste of scenery you need I was a different, so mad you need to experience <laughs> something different you know and so we packed up the van uh, our guitar player Luke took his recording equipment our manager got this big old Airbnb on top of a big old mountain, man. And it was beautiful. The first day we went there, it snowed. Yeah, it was in June. It, it was snowed in June. In June. And How it was cool. beautiful, beautiful. And it, honestly, it really did affect the way that we made the music over there. And it got us the results that we really wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, something different, something fresh, something new for La Onda. Yeah. You know? And uh, I feel like without that, we wouldn't have the album that we have right now. And uh, it'll be out April 20th. So we're April very excited. April, April 22nd. 22nd. Mm-hmm. And we're very excited. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's a different thing. We're, I feel like this is our album where we're like, okay, this is us. This is Texas. This is Tejano. You know, we. Art Tejano. This is Art Tejano. We live in Monterrey, but, you know, todavía tenemos. We, we love the music of country. We love the music of Norteño, Banda. You know, Vallenato, todos, toda la música. We love it. And uh, I feel like you it's, can a hear it. it's a you good mix. You can mix. hear it in this in this album. And every song is like a different taste, mm-hmm. I feel like. So I feel, I'm hoping that, you know, everybody's going to have at least one song that they're like, oh, I love this song and lead them to the to the rest of the album. That's my goal. Anyway, how mm-hmm. did you, Destiny, how did you pull yourself out of that negative thinking, out of that 
anger, out of all those emotions that you were experiencing at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think a lot of us went through it. I, I personally did too. Yeah. And, and for similar reasons too. How, how did you pull yourself out of it? Um, a big part was the songwriting. I was becoming a songwriter and I, you know, my biggest inspirations are, I'm a huge John Mayer fan. Um, Lupe Esparza from Bronco is a big, a big one for me. Um, and my dad, you know, my dad's a songwriter and I never understood, like, he's got this song called Manana that my uncle sings. And I, you know, I sat there and listened to the words and I'm like, oh my God, this is so poetic, so poetic. And I fall in love with that. And so I think that's what really got me through, um, was writing the songs and kind of just taking out all the feelings that I had in, in putting it into that. Um, you know, everybody's like, you always have breakup songs. I'm like, it's cause I'm pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not even necessary that, that it's I'm heartbroken. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, that's when, that's when it comes out when you, I saw this interview with John Mayer and he says, when you, when something happens to you and you are feeling those emotions raw, that's the best time for you to write because even if you don't finish the song, something's going to come out that you're going to be able to go off of. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. It's so true. And I think that's what we did for this album. And, you know, having Rigo and Lalo, we were growing together. And then Luke, my guitar player, I mean, he's just a genius at producing. And I'm so proud of him. And he really got all the sounds that I wanted. And it's so funny because I don't play instruments, right? Like, I can play a little guitar, a little bajo, little piano, but nothing that I could like, oh, yeah, I can play. So like we'll be doing a song and I'm like this chord and I'll just look at them like this and they know like we just have that connection, you know, so it was really smooth. And now, you know, that I think about it, we we started the song all together and we play now in front of people all together the same songs and you just feel it even that much more because we all know how it started. You know what I mean? And it's been that's I think that's for me the biggest reward so far is to see how we've grown as as a musical team, Mm -hmm. as a musical family. And and 2020 COVID definitely uh, showed us and and made us become more creative. I mean, Facebook mm-hmm. Lives, that yes. was like the thing, right? Mm-hmm. It had to be. We were, uh, you know, we had just moved into Mexico, uh, into Monterrey. Uh, we rented a house down there. Our, our manager did. And uh, we started seeing all these bands come out like Secreto and and Los Dorados and, and a bunch of bands from El Valle and, and Pues Dos Partes, you know? And uh, we were just, okay, this is what we have to do because this is how you're getting out now. You know, there's no there's no shows, especially in Mexico. I mean, todavía they're taking... They're just opening yeah, up. Yeah, they're 100%. just opening up. So it's like, okay, you know, we have to start fresh. We have to do what everybody else is doing on, on Los Redes and todo eso. And, and we learned a lot. We started doing lives. We, you know, todavía we have music videos también. And um, we're just trying to get out there just like everybody else that's the thing you can have the music that you want you can you record whatever you want your originals the thing is getting people to hear it mm-hmm. and that's what we're learning and that's that's what we're going through right now and uh you know it's been a, it's been a great move though i feel like definitely we wouldn't be where we're at if we stayed in san antonio uh not just because you know mostly just because we had more opportunities over there in monterrey we did. Uh, we were able to do Zagar desde el bar, which is a big live show that oh, they yeah. do, and uh, that really boosted us. When when they when we got the call for that, I was like, "Let's do it," you know. Um, and my band, you know, we were really we were excited. I think we were just more excited, and so it came out really well. My dad did the show with us as well, and um, from that, you know, I gained a lot of fans. A lot of people 
were like, wow, you know, I never heard you sing. I didn't know Raulito's daughter was singing and this and that. And that kind of gave me more of my presence as destiny in Mexico. And now um, it's funny. We, we were coming to the Valley last week for an event and uh, these people we were eating tacos in the morning and these people literally they pulled over our car they pulled over their car they saw us eating and they were like destiny rigo like let's take a pic and i was like damn this is what i've always dreamed of you know <laughs> and i always tell my manager that she laughs and i'm like i want to go to hb and like people run after me like that's what i want <laughs> she's like that's what you say now i'm H-E-B. like no i do that's what i want i want that hey know? mexico has hb man they yeah, do, they yeah. yeah. When we got there, I was like, "Oh, thank God, there's HB." Yeah. <laughs> there was a Jesus. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, thank God." But yeah, I mean, it's it's cool to see that now, you know. And oh, well, I mean, and you experienced experimented it firsthand when it happened to your dad. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it, it's cool to see that, and and people recognize you, and um, you know, we've been through a lot of changes, both emotionally and physically. Um, just in our whole entire lifestyle and for people to now recognize, Hey, this girl is the one that did this or she's the one that sings this. Um, that's, that's really a, a cool thing to see. Yeah. And congratulations because, uh, I mean, we've been following each other for, yeah. for quite a while. Uh, but then <clears throat> a, a few years back, I start seeing these posts about you uh, like you mentioned, walking and going to the gym mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. And I see you, girl. <laughs> get it. Get it, girl. Yeah. I mean, like I said, 2014 to 2017 was a really difficult time for for our family. We, um, my, my parents split up in 2015. And it was, that point was me growing up and seeing what the real world really was. My parents had me not sheltered. I knew things about the world, but they always took care of me. We were like in a bubble. We were in a bubble. That's what I like to say. I was in a bubble and that year it popped. And And you were how old at this time? I was 23. So Rio was... I was about 19. Yeah. And then my sister was uh, 13. So I took on the role, you know, being the oldest, they kind of ran to me and I, I learned more about... I was always responsible, but I learned more about emotional responsibility. I learned how... You know, some people are going to feel things. And I learned how to talk to people better and communicate um, when there was an issue because it got real. It wasn't, you know, talking to my mom, just, hey, mom, I need this or school or, hey, I need this or whatever. Let's go shopping. It was like, hey, you know, you got to figure out when your sister's coming or what are we going to do for this? Because it wasn't the same anymore. And the same thing with my dad. You know, I had to learn how to think about real things in life. We saw saw more. If anything, we learned it. We learned um that your parents are, are humans yeah they're people they're people they're not just you know? your parents and i feel like as a child i think that's one of the most uh difficult things to to accept when you grow up is that you know that everybody makes mistakes everybody you know has certain likes and dislikes and everybody you know wants to be you, they need to be happy that's the goal in life you know and uh definitely we we learned that we learned that through those years um that I think that's what made it so difficult. But the good thing is that you need those difficult times to really experience the happiness, to really experience the yeah. the good times. So know? so in those years, like I said, it was really hard. 2015, that happened. 2016, my uncle passed. And that changed everything. That changed everyone's life. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, my dad was, he had just gotten back on the road with him. Like for two, he, they had been back on the road together for about two years because we were working as Remedio and, you know, one day I just told him, I said, dad, you got to go back on the road with, with, I used to call him Pa. He was my padrino. So I called him Pa. And he's, I said, you know, you always tell me your brother, take care of your brother. I said, you need to take care of your brother because he needs your help. 
and you need his help. So let's just do it. You know, and I think him, me saying that kind of woke him up and he went back on the road with them. So we were all going on tour and it was like we were getting back to what we knew back in the old days. And so when he passed so unexpectedly, we, it shook us, it shook us. So from 20, from really from 2016 to, to 2017, 2018, the beginning, we were, you know, just trying to distract ourselves. We would go out all the time and, you know, we weren't doing bad things, but we were drinking a lot and, and we're trying to surround ourselves with good, with times good. We just, just wanted good vibes. We didn't want to hear nothing it was sad. Your, it was your coping mechanism. Yeah. yeah. We didn't want to hear nothing sad. We wanted to just have fun. And at this time we were still playing as Remedio. So, you know, during the week, happy hour, happy hour, happy hour, weekends, gig, gig, gig. And, you know, we would see friends and of course everybody was so emotional at that time. So that happened 20, like I said, 2014, 2015 to about 2017, 2018, we went on a Tejano cruise in February and I got off the boat after a week of eating and drinking and, you know, partying. And I told real, I said, I can't breathe. Right. I'm struggling tomorrow. I'm going to the gym and, you know, being an athlete, maybe that, maybe that's why that my sports dream was when I was a kid, because I, you know, I'm an athlete. I, I, I love to compete. And I think when I felt that way, I didn't, I realized, Hey, you know, something's wrong here. You're not yourself. So going to the gym, you know, I wanted to accomplish something. It wasn't just me going. I wanted to beat what was happening to me. And so from 2018 on, I've been doing weight loss. I've been, you know, dieting, doing things like that. And from now, from then to now, I've lost about 110 pounds and wow. kept it off. Congratulations. Thank you. It's been a, a long ride, but I mean, I feel great. And, and it's like I said, my favorite part is seeing people uh, messaging me yeah. and, and saying, and it's awesome because you, your social media, I mean, it, it, that's, unfortunately we don't use it for that yeah. as much as we should, but that's what social media should be used yeah. for to motivate. Yeah, to, you know? exactly. And, and I love giving advice, you know, this is what I did. This is what I tried. This worked for me. This didn't. Um, and, and to this day, you know, now I have a nutritionist, I am on a, you know, with a trainer and things like that. So it's a little bit easier for me to know what to do. But in that time I didn't know what I was doing. I was just, like you said, common sense. I was just kind of like, okay, I know I can't eat bread. I know I can't eat tortillas. I know I can't have sugar. Cokes are out the window. Like, and I just tried to alcohol. Eat. Yeah, alcohol, <laughs> alcohol. Yeah, I mean that's was, why we just now we just drink straight up. Tequila that might that might be why the pandemic <laughs> happened to me too. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah, you can't go out no more, you know. And so it's been a it's been a journey, but I'm very proud, very proud, and um, just to see where we've come from. And, and would Regal, you say Regal that too. would you say that your weight is something that you've always struggled with, or was it just that time period that you mentioned that all these different situations happened and occurred to your family? No, I was always a bigger girl. Um, I think the first time I remember it was, I was in third grade and it was picture day and I had wanted this shirt. I don't even know where it was from. And I wanted the shirt so bad, but it didn't fit me. Like they didn't have my size. And I was just like annoyed. I wasn't more annoyed, but then, you know, my mom was always like, well, we, it's okay. Mija. Like we'll go look, you know, at the plus, the plus size. That's what she would tell me. Let's go look at the plus size. So I got used to that, you know, but it was, it's always been an issue for me. And that, that being an athlete, I mean, Regal, my cousin Emily always tells me, you never wear normal clothes. You were always in practice clothes or like whatever, you know, your uniform. And I'm like, ready to start running or something. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. But I was always a bigger girl, you know, all the time. Um, Did that affect you in any way? No, you know, I, I, I talk to my friends now and I tell them 
how come you didn't tell me I was so big? Like, you know, and, and they're like, we didn't realize it because I've always been very confident when, when I, we were kids, um, my aunt, we laugh about it now, but she used to tell me, no, I just can do anything, anything. So nothing fazed me, nothing fazed me as far as putting myself out there. And, uh, you know, thank God for that, because I feel like if I was conscious about it, I mean, there were moments, you know, I knew I didn't look like the pretty girls at school, but I was always involved. I was a good leader. You know, I, I had my, my voice that, that set me apart from other people. And I think that's why another reason I love music so much is it was always a forte for me. And it didn't matter really what I looked like because Destiny, you're going to sing this or, you know, at the national anthem, my, one of my coaches, <laughs> my volleyball coach, hopefully she doesn't get in trouble for this, but, um, one time she got me out of class and she was like, come on, I'm going to take you to try out to sing for the San Antonio hall of fame, the sports hall of fame. And I was like, okay. So we go to the Alamo dome and I try out and they're like, yeah, you, we want you to sing it. You know, I, I had that, I felt special, um, when it came to music and when it came to me singing literally with no music, I would just sing the anthem acapella every game, you know, and the other people from the high school would be like, oh, that's the girl who sings the anthem. And we would go to other schools and they'd be like, can you sing it? Because, uh, we don't have the CD or like, we want you to sing it, you know? So that, that was always something that made me feel special. So I think that took my focus off of, of my weight and like that, that I wasn't the same as the, as the little skinny girls or, you know, it was, it made me different in a good way. Yeah. Did you guys grow up, Rigo, with uh, like healthy habits or like your parents <laughs> watching what you ate or stuff like that? I mean, was that something that was... My mom was more of a, like, you can't drink a soda like if you're not going to eat anything. And I was just like, huh? We were like, why we not? I mean, you see the big red stains on my mouth all the time. Yeah, and the pictures, in the little pictures we have when we're kids, yeah. Rigo always has big, big red. Big red all over my lips. But, <laughs> I mean, we, I mean, I think it's also like our culture, you know, I yeah. mean, like, like I always say, like, you know, if you're not hungry, then they're going to tell you, oh, you're in love or you're sick, you know, <laughs> either one. And you don't want to hear that right now. I mean, whenever you're growing up, you're like, oh, I don't, I don't really want to eat because I know I'm getting lonjas, you know. <laughs> lonjas are coming out. Yeah, they're coming out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's it's it was something that we had to to grow up with too because i mean after the shows put a water burger yeah. you know we stopped at water burger we stopped at waffle house wherever we could to go eat i mean that was the way of the road at the time and uh you know that's how we grow up that's how we grew up uh you know around all that too so it was hard for us it was it was difficult you know but it I, comes with the territory yeah, yeah. and i'm part of it and it's sad to say because i mean like right now my dad is feeling those those uh the aftermath of all that. Como le dicen en español los estragos. Mm -hmm. Eso. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, it, and, you know, it's it's hard to to see that, you know, and and even him, he's, you know, he's Raulito. Everybody knows him as, you know, the big, the gordito. And, and he, he owns it, you know, he owns it. And he made it, he made it his career of who he was, part of who he was. But even him, you know, now he had started going to the gym um, and he's crazy. He'll be on the tread. If he could, he'll be on the treadmill all day long. Like my dad is being energizer bunny. Yes. He's the, but he's like typical Mexican man. If it's going to be, if it works for you, then you got to do it all the time. You know? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, dad, you can, you got to lift weights. You got to do it. No, 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 no. You just have to be on the, <laughs> on the treadmill, you know? But yeah. he, um, you know, even him, he started eating, you know, a little bit better. Don't get me wrong. He still sends me pictures of Whataburger and whatever he's eating. But 
I mean, he, even him, he saw that change in us and he was. That inspired him? Yeah, he was really proud and. and like, he, uh, the one of the first times, you know, I mean, the Mexico move for us to going to Monterrey, it was hard for him. He. This was the first time that he was away from both of us. Yeah. So because he, when I went to school, Regal was there. And then when Regal went to school, I was back. So it was, it was really yeah. hard for and him. And he went to go visit us. And that first week he went to go visit us, he was, he came to the house like he was. He was pissed he off. He was pissed off. He, he was pale. His skin color was like just. He, like grayish. Gray, yeah. Like he was not motivated at all. He saw us. It had been already like about three months since mm-hmm. we had been living there. And me and Destiny, as soon as we started, we we're like, all right working out let's work out as soon as we wake up and boom you know so he saw us working out we at first we would just work out at home we would do burpees and push-ups and all that stuff like that and we had like this little routine and he saw us every day he would go back to the window and would see us in the back of the house and we were doing burpees we were doing all this stuff working hard really working hard and he looked at us and you know i could see in his face he was like okay like they're really really working they're really do- wanting to do this and that's another reason you know i have so much appreciation for monterrey for mexico um he was very not himself at the time and um he was in the studio with us we went to go eat and anywhere we go they put as soon as we walk in we have the van with the navidas on them and everything and they'll they'll put my uncle on or they'll put the video or they'll put his songs or whatever. So we're eating. They put his songs on and we're finished. We get up and my dad's walking out and literally the kitchen staff, the waiters, the managers, everybody comes out and starts clapping for him as he's walking out. And I saw him come back to life and I get I get emotional about it because, you know, he wasn't my dad. He wasn't usually he sends me like little motivational things or funny things and he wasn't doing that. And. I saw him come back to life and <laughs> we're all walking out, right? And he stopped and did like the little shuffle and they started screaming. They were like, yeah, you know, Raulito. And Classic uh, me. I was in the restroom. Rigo was in the restroom. <laughs> he missed the whole thing. And I'm walking behind him. I'm like, hurry, I want to get out of here. I'm crying, you know? But, but I saw him come back to life. And I think after that day, he really got into the production of the music and to work with Manuel again, you know, who he had recorded with and won a Grammy with. Um, I just, if anything, I gave him that back and I could never pay him back for what he's done for us and who he is and how he's shaped us. But if anything, I gave him a little that, a little bit of it. And, um, you know, he can't wait to go back. He's like, I can't wait to go back to Monterrey. And, you know, to this day, you know, now he sends me this song, you need to change this or this, we should have done this or this or that, you know? And sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, dad, like it's already recorded. What are we supposed to do? <laughs> but it's, you know, it just makes me happy that he's, he found his passion again. And, um, he's a big part of my project and a big part of what's to come, yeah. I think for all of us. And, and hopefully, you know, he'll get back to doing what he loves to do, which is singing and writing and, and doing all that with us too. So and that's why it's another reason that Mexico has, has my heart right now. Well, congratulations because, uh, like I said, I, I mean, I've been following your journey on social media. It's awesome. Thank it's, you. It's awesome. Congratulations to both of you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and, and not only because you're doing it for yourself, but the fact that you're open to share it with the rest of us, because yeah. I know it can be hard, especially with social media. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's a lot of people cheering you on, but there's also those trolls mm-hmm. that are ready to start throwing rocks the at haters, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes, especially as women, we can be very vulnerable right. when it comes to that, th- those, those types of issues. And, uh, uh, but the fact that you're open to sharing, you know, with, with your followers, what it's taken you and, and, 
you know, and what you still have left to do, because like you said, you're not, you're not done. No. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, right now, are you still, uh, getting the, the the coaching and the, the, the nutritionist and all this? Yeah. So that's part of my everyday life now. Um, I have weekly meetings with the nutritionist and every day with, you know, pretty much with my trainers. Um, I'm also doing, I'm sponsored by a clinic called osmosis clinic and spa. And they do like the lymphatic massages, um, so I'm at the spa four days a week. I got one those. the other day. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. I was like, what is this? <laughs> so we do, you know, I do that four days a week. I do um, the Fajas. I'm a Faja girl. I believe 100% in Fajas. Um, and so I'm just doing things that I never even thought of when I started this. And it's led me to here, you know. And, and it's funny because the, the way that this came about, I got sponsored by Global Case, which is a production company. Um, basically, wherever I go now, I have sound, I have stage, anything I need performing-wise, I have it. Well, the owner of that company, his um, girlfriend, she, it's funny to me because when girls see me, I am not, I, I don't, I'm not a girly girl, never have been. I, if I could sing in my sweatpants and t-shirt, I would, but that's not realistic, right? So every girl that sees me for whatever reason, they're like, we want to help you. We want to dress you and this and that. So, you know, his girlfriend at the time wanted, wanted to help me. And I said, let's do it. I said, whatever you want to do to me, I'm down for it. Like as long, if I have sound and production, that's what I care about. Yeah. So she started doing this and, and that's how I got all of this stuff happening. Um, with the nutritionist and all of that and the massages and um she's she's pretty much taking over my image she's helping me and and it's not that she's controlling and she asked me you know what do you think about this but there's things that she knows that i wouldn't even understand to, or begin to understand you know so i've i've really embraced that and i was talking to uh elida the other day and she uh, i told her i'm like it's just so funny because i'm i'm not a girly girl She's like, girl, it's the same way, but you're going to have to learn. You know, it's part of it. And she's right. I mean, you know, today when I got dressed, my mom's like, why are you so fancy? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, mom, I need to dress like this every day. Like, you know, it's not, it's not, it, I need to make it part of my life. And so it, that's been a big change for me too. But yeah, I'm, I'm continuing with it and, and slowly but surely. Um, but it's been, um, it's been cool to see and, and an honor that people are even paying attention um, to me and something very personal, you know, something that's very personal. Uh, I, I don't mind sharing it because I saw this quote the other day that said, be the person that you needed when you were a kid, when you were young. And that really stuck with me. And, and you know, uh, to talk to like Elida and to talk to, you know, people who have done what I want to do. We got to be at the grand opening of Los Ayala Drummer Shop this past week in the Valley and rubbing elbows with some of our heroes, you know, Ramon Ayala, Ricky Munoz, Intocable, um, people from Grupo Signo, Secreto. I mean, we were on Zagar. Like I said, just people who we look up to. And um, to have that, that's why I don't mind sharing. Because I'm literally living my dream thanks to people who have helped me. And if I can be that gateway for somebody else, that's that's one of my goals in life. Um, like I said, Destiny as a person, as an identity in this world, that's going to be always be part of it because I was, it's such a drastic change that happened. And, um, that's why I don't mind sharing it at all. The, the world's changing so much, you know, and I feel like a lot of people that do the same thing over and over again, I mean, they're stuck in the mindset that if you're not careful when the world changes, you're going to get left behind. 
you know, and I feel like we've we've learned that throughout the years. And so if we can help people think outside of the box, you know, that's 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 the name of the game. Yeah. You know, was there ever any pressure on you being in the industry that you that you're in? Was there ever ever any pressure for you to to make any type of change with your image? Mm, I heard it here and there, but I think um, we were so focused on my dad and helping him. And like I said, during those years, it was really, when we were hitting it hard on the road, it was hard. It was a hard time for us. It, we weren't focused on it. But, you know, I heard the comments here and there. And and as I continued, as I started writing, I was like, I do need to change. You know, if I want to take this seriously, you know, I'm not saying be this size two mm, supermodel body, but I need to, I do need to present myself better, even if it's just with my clothes or, or whatever. But to me, the first step was mm-hmm. me getting healthier and and losing weight really like i said because i couldn't breathe i couldn't breathe right and so that scared me and it it made me not that my life flashed before my eyes but it made me think of hey you want to do this you want to do that how are you going to do it if you can't even breathe you know that that was my biggest motivation and and it just kind of snowballed from there as far as the image went yeah Congratulations also for uh, this this new song that you just released. Yes. It was this week, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That and and you posted the the link on your social media. I I was excited about it. I went to YouTube because I had heard the original one, which mm-hmm. is a romantic ballad, and I thought it was awesome. Thank you. And then I see um, that you posted that it was it was up on YouTube. So I go <clears throat> thinking that I was gonna uh, listen to something similar, right? And I go and I listen to the song and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's singing with Avanda. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Holy <laughs> moly, what is this? And I mean, I've, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. Thank you. Um, and and I, I, I love your singing. I, I, I've, I've always said that you can sing. Girls got chords. Mm-hmm. But to hear you with Vanda, I mean, me being that my family were originally from Michoacan, where yeah. Vanda is like the it. I mean, if it's not Vanda, it's not a party, basically. Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. we are. Mm-hmm. Um, you're phenomenal. You're Thank awesome. You. And I'm just like, is is this girl going to drop like a whole CD with Vanda? Because I want to <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. hear it. She told me, she's like, you're going to do a whole CD? I want to hear it. I want to go to a concert and yeah. I want to see like 16 guys behind you. And I'm going to be right there in the yes. front, yes. you know, with a bottle of tequila. And I'm going, like, yes, girl. <laughs> Sing it, girl. Well, yes. You know, that that song, um, I loved it so much. I when My my good friend Max Gunthu sent that, sent me that song. And I went, at the, the minute I heard it, it was just him with the piano. I heard it and I said, Regal, we have to record this song. Start thinking of ideas. And when we went to Colorado, the, the original version came out. And then... Um, Which was beautiful. Thank it's, you. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And so we recorded that song in Houston with Rudy. And then we go to Mexico. We showed Manuel and he said, I think we could do this song in Banda. And I was like, mm. what did you think, Rego? I was, I mean, honestly, I was down for it. Uh, we had moved to Monterrey and it opened up our, our, musical, our musical range. Mm-hmm. You know, we learned about Vallenato. We learned about Banda. We learned about uh, Norteño sax. We learned all this music that normally on the South Side, we don't really listen yeah. to, you know? And, uh. I was all for it, you know. Were you at all concerned that maybe your Tejano fans were going to be like, what are these traitors? I, right? think, <laughs> I think at that point, though, we were already in the mindset of we have to think outside the box. Yeah. We have to and, do something and it's like I said, you know, I feel sometimes I feel like when I first started, I'm not saying I needed praise or anything like that, but I needed a chance. I needed them to give me a chance. And I felt like. 
I wasn't welcomed in a house that my family helped build, had a big part of building. I, f- I didn't feel welcomed. And that was part of my decision to go to Mexico, you know? And so like Rigo said, I think we were just more welcoming of they want to at least try this with us. They're giving me a shot. So let's try it. Why not? And, you know, just the team that we're working with right now is so diverse. I mean, my producers, their grandfather is the writer of Volver, Volver and Hermoso Cariño. Two of the biggest Mexican music songs in the Huge. whole world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I trust them. They come from the line of music just like we do. And, you know, when they suggest something, I really take their opinion. I value it. And so, like I said, I, I, with that feeling of, of not being welcomed and with them just believing in me so much to just do another whole genre, I welcomed it. And um, like Rigo said, we had been starting to get into the bond. I had been watching the Jenny series. I had been watching, you know, just, just a lot of different things. And Jenny Rivera, that's, yeah, that's, that's my girl. <laughs> yes. right there. I mean, I mean her, her, her style and her heart, her feelings in the song, that's really, uh, you know, I didn't want to sound like her, but I wanted to take that from her because every song that she sang, I mean, you felt it, you yeah. feel it to this day. And that's, that's actually where I got, um, La preferida, she's got that song, Cuando se muera una dama. Mm-hmm. There's this one part that she says, like, siempre, uh, siempre seré la preferida, yeah. or something like that. And I love that line. And that's where I got the idea for the other song, too. And so she's kind of been with me in my in my career, you know, from the start. And I, I really wanted to, if I was going to do banda, I wanted to do it as good as she did, or better. You know, that was my goal. And um, Rigo joined me on the song as well. And we kind of fixed it um, to where our voices sounded good in in each part. And Mm -hmm. I think it came out great. I was surprised. And, you know, surprisingly, my dad told me, he's like, my favorite song is the Banda one. Really? Yeah. My dad. dad. And I'm like. And we have a lot of friends here, too, that, uh that, you know, they only listen to Tejano or they don't really listen to Banda at all. And they're like, hey, that's my that's one of my favorite ones. Girl, that, that song is fire. Thank you. <laughs> Seriously. Thank you. And 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 here's the thing. When I uh, that so that day that you posted the the link, we were I don't know where we were coming from, but me and my husband were in the truck and we were coming from somewhere and um I had my I turned down the radio because I wanted to listen to it. So I, I click on the link and I start listening to it. And my husband couldn't see what I was looking at. Um, but he was listening to it and he's like, and I'm, I'm not going to say their name because we're not going to, but it's, 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 uh, two other, two other girls that sing Mexican regional music and they're like, and he's like, is that so-and-so? And I'm like, nope. And he's like, really? And, and, and I, and I didn't tell him, I just let him listen to the song. And then at the very end, I turned it around and I showed it and I'm like, look, it's, it's destiny. He's like, dude, that sounds freaking good in in, in other words because he's he's a big cusser (laughs) 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 but um yeah no we were just like we were blown away i was like oh my gosh and and i messaged you right away i'm like where's the cd are you recording banda yes i I want a whole cd where is it (laughs) and that's i mean that's the thing We're, we're really excited to just start pushing the envelope on that you know i mean and it's opened the door i mean that song now that we're we're already in the we're gonna start going to record demos in June for the third album. I've been writing this whole year, and um, you know I have banda ideas now, which never would have occurred to me. And I think it's gonna be even more of a mixture of banda and Texas, 
um, that we're going to be putting out. And not just banda. I would say Mexico and Mex- Mexican music. Mexican music. Mexican music. And and I always say over there, you know, they ask me in my interviews, you know, what, what do you want to do? What's your goal? And for me, honestly, it's to be in front of this change of Tejano music. Um, you know, I got to see part of the glory days and and listen to that music when it was being created. And that's what I want to do again, because I feel like, you know, we're stuck right now. We're stuck in the covers and we're stuck in the same sounds and we're stuck with that style. And it's it shouldn't be that way because the Hanos are very talented, very talented. Every Tejano artist who has made a name for themselves is t- talented out of this world. No. And I just want the world to value that. There's no reason why we shouldn't be in the mainstream with Cristiano Nodal and Angela Aguilar and Chiquis and Becky G. We should be there. We have the talent. Tejano music has that quality. It's just about us catching up with the world. And I think, you know, with the pandemic, the world literally stopped and it's given us time to catch up. And if we don't take advantage of it, it's going to be even more of a struggle. So that's what I'm trying to do. And, and you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, Tejano doesn't have a market and this and that. And it, it's it's hard, you know, but... What do you guys say to that? What do you guys say when, when people say that? Make that comment to you. It's, it's true. I, I feel like it's true. I mean, to an extent, because when I think that's a great thing that we learned in college. There are friends that we made. Nobody goes out to dances like how they how they used to back in the 90s, at least, for Tejanos. For Tejanos. And now it's mostly festivals. Now it's mostly, you know... The, that's, that's the area like that those are the people that we want to hit are those people that go out to the festivals because i mean you could play here at desperados but there won't be really many people our age that go to our show because i mean nobody goes to desperados that are really our age it's mostly the tahano crowd from the 90s and i mean you'll see some young people every now and then but it's nothing compared to how it is like at a i don't know i guess like a turnpike troubadour like a randy rogers or josh abbott sort of show you know where it's mostly younger people yeah. or a signal type i of was show. just gonna say oh si nos vamos del lado mexicano mm-hmm. digo un baile donde hay una banda yeah. vas a encontrar de todo desde chico menor mayor yep. de y, todo y mira in los angeles they're having i mean hay festivales con los dos carnales con con grupos nuevos de mexico yep. y también de texas you know, and all ages. And yeah, you, you go exactly. and you look at the crowd and you see everything. And I there's, think that's where our biggest goals have mm-hmm. changed. Um, before, like Rigo said, we wanted to, you know, to play at Cowboys and open up for David Lee or for Intocable. And it still is an honor. And, you know, we were very blessed to do so. Mm-hmm. But we have have a different vision now. You know, uh, my goal is, yeah, I know we're going to have to play clubs and things like that. But my goal is to fill the palenques, is to fill arenas, is to do the festivals. I mean, there's no reason. Like I said, we should be at Coachella. Why not? Why not? And I think this album, we based it off of wanting to do things like that. That's why it sounds so different like it does. And hopefully it inspires other people in this genre too. And I mean, to just try different things, to try you know, we don't want to be like, oh, we're the only ones doing this. No, no, no. If we can influence somebody else in this genre to do, we need the all music. the help yeah. that we can. And you brought her up, but I mean, yo siendo fanática de música regional mexicana, Jenny Rivera was that was like that was my girl, okay. Mm-hmm. And and it's not because like no es porque este yo estaba experimentando las mismas cosas que mm-hmm. ella ni nada de eso. Simplemente que como dices tú, la rola que cantaba. Ella la cantaba como que ella la había vivido o alguien... Sí, o sea, el sentimiento estaba allí. Mm-hmm. And those are big shoes to fill. 
I mean, o sea, a, a mucha, mucha gente le tiraba, mucha gente no le gustaba, no era fanática de Jenny Rivera, mm. que porque el, su vida personal, que eso no tiene nada que ver con su talento, con su en música. mi opinión. Pero este, yo era fanática de su talento. Uh -huh. Pero este, digo, esa mujer dejó un hueco en la música regional mexicana. Que ¿Por qué no te puedes embolsar a todo ese público que ella dejó? ¿Por qué no te lo puedes embolsar tú? You've got the voice. Yeah. No, pues es, es parte del plan, ¿no? Yo quiero que toda la gente de México pueda escuchar que... Otra vez, que la música tejana puede estar en todos los géneros. Because that's really how it is. You know, now, nowadays... It's not just Tejanos here. There's more Mexicanos than ever here. You know, so why not? Why not? And I don't, like I said, I'm not close to anything. Um, this banda song, I knew it was going to bring a lot of noise. I knew whether it was good or bad, people were going to be talking about it. Today, when I had an interview at uh, one of the Tejano stations here, and uh, I said, I don't, I don't really know if y'all can even play this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but here it is, you know. And and they loved it. You know, the DJ was like, man, I love it. I can't believe you did this and this and that. But I knew it was going to make people talk. So, yeah, I mean, yo encantada con la idea para, para comp compartir música como ella, con la gente, con sus fans que todavía están. And, you know, who support her daughter and... and You know, things like that. I think the difference, you know, everybody asks me, what's the difference though? What's the difference between you and other artists? And to me, I think my biggest strength is I'm a songwriter. And I don't have anything against covers or nothing like that. But I, if I'm going to make an album, if I'm going to release something, I want it to be new. Completely. Completely. Yours. New. Mine. Mm -hmm. I want, I've always, you know, I've always thought, man, my uncle had como le He had, ya no me pones atención. He had eclipses suficiente. Juntos. Wow. Those are his songs. That was always so impressive to me. And that's what I want. I want people to hear Dime Como Se Siente and say, that's a Destiny song. And now I get to say that, you know? And that's my biggest, one of my biggest motivations as well is, you know, the way I look up to Selena, my favorite song from her is uh, Amor Prohibido. That's her song. Elida, Duele, that's her song. Jenny, I mean, she's got her repertoire of music. Yep. And that's what I want. And I'd love to, you know, if, if those fans are willing to accept me, I'm ready to, like I'm ready said, to embrace them. Tú nomás dime la fecha. <laughs> yo, I'm going to have a special banda concert just for you. Yo me voy a comprar mis boletos, mi mesa VIP enfrente de ti. Claro. Voy a pedir my bottle service yeah. and I will be I there it. cheering you on, ofreciéndote también. Yeah, yeah, dame, como, dame como dos años más. Okay. I think, I think in about two more years <laughs> we'll have enough you know, material to do something special with Banda because I would love to make that part of my show. And, you know, God has blessed me right now that I'm in that position. You know, we've definitely thought of, I have mariachi too. You know, we've, we recorded mariachi songs and I've thought of, let's bring mariachi out. Let's bring a Banda out and then go back to the Tejano. Why not? You know, if I can do it, if, if it's possible, I have no, no doubt that we would do it and, um, and nothing against we're it. We're really all. excited about this album because I mean, it's got a little bit of everything. There's some songs that sound that there's a whole mariachi song. There's a whole banda song. There's like this new modern pop sounding songs. And then also there's like, uh, we have some country sounding songs on there too, but en español. We're very excited for everybody to hear it because we do feel like it's something fresh and it's something new. And, and we just want people to feel, you know, the music, like how we felt it whenever we were recording it. And yeah, we're excited. We're very excited. Very. Well, talking about Tejano music, Fiesta is yeah. here. Yeah. I oh mean, Fiesta. Chicken on a stick. I yeah. need my chicken on a stick. Yeah, Rigo is a chicken on a stick guy. Chicken on a stick boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like Fiesta is food, music, 
And alcohol. Yeah. Soda. <laughs> uh-huh. mm. That's how it it's is. It's like a two-week long weekend. I remember that yes. one time they had it three weeks. And everybody say. in San Antonio was pedo. By the third week. <laughs> yes. By the third week, like anywhere you would go, everyone's like this, all tired. Still, when, still out, though. Still when out. I first moved over here back in 2010, I remember that when when uh, uh, my coworkers would tell me, uh, they would start telling me about Fiesta because I moved over here in, in summer mm-hmm. and they would start telling me about Fiesta and oh yeah, Fiesta's a whole thing mm-hmm. here and blah, blah, blah. And uh, a lot of people would um, not take vacation throughout the year and wait until fiesta and i'm like why 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 are they why do they do that come to find out this like like you said like three weeks long so people would wait and 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 take their vacation during this time and like book hotel rooms at downtown and it's true it is one one uh (laughs) one year we went to fiesta and we got off this is when we were already starting i think yeah it was like 2019 maybe and uh, we got off right there at La Quinta and Market Square. Where yeah. Market Square is. And we get off our Uber and I hear, Destiny! And I turn and some people from Austin, they were set up at the corner of La Quinta. And they did what you said. They had rented the room mm-hmm. for the whole week. They put their barbecue pit out there. Yeah. And I was like, I was, we're going to stay here. <laughs> I was outside uh, on a foldable chair at four in the morning yes. with, the, with my beard <laughs> and listening to Little Joe y La Familia. Yeah. And I, <laughs> It's cool. It's a part of San Antonio, and we're just so happy to be a part of it. I'm actually doing an event um, at UTSA the the eighth and the ninth. It's called a Fit Fest for Fiesta. It's a new event. Okay. And um, she's running a five. I'm gonna do a five k. Really? I don't even know if I can run, girl, but I'm gonna try it. And um, they they hey, hey Navidas can do it. We can do anything. Yes, Navidas can do anything. I have to remember that while I'm running. And. Um, so they they call me to be a part of it. They again they saw my my journey and stuff, and that's opened a lot of doors for me. You know, people interested in that, and um, I'm working with HEB right now. That they're they're gonna kind of hook me up with another nutritionist, and um, just to be part of that event. So it's opening doors for me, you know, here and there, and and again still being able to be part of Fiesta, just trying to involve you know my raza the south side and getting them to realize hey you know we know the sausage wraps and you know the gorditas and all that stuff that's great but you got to throw in you know your healthy stuff too if you can you know yeah. where you can and just kind of show them you can still have fun things are still good it's just a lifestyle change that you have to make yeah are you guys performing this year at fiesta no we're not we're not performing this year no uh they hopefully next year though we'll be out there. yeah and right now like i said we're kind of focused more on the album coming out and then the rest of the year we're going to be promoting 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 and playing you know where we can so hopefully that next year when all the springtime festivals and everything will be we'll have a bigger presence there mm-hmm. perfect segue because i was just going to ask you what What's in store for your fans, your followers for 2022? Well, um, this album, like I said, will be out in April. Um, I have a big surprise a couple days before the album comes out. Um, Which is? I recorded. uh, It'll be April 22nd, the album. April 22nd. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I recorded a duet with somebody really special. And, um, you know, definitely crossed something off my bucket list. And so I'm really excited for the people to hear it. I think it's going to open more doors for me. And, and uh, I'm just very honored to have done that project. We're also, like I said, working on tour dates here in the United States, but as well as Mexico. And just to be wherever we can, to be wherever we can, expect a lot more new music, um, more music videos. Um, we're going to be doing some live sessions. Yeah. I'm, having a, I'm having a big birthday party slash album release in Monterrey in May. 
Yeah, um, you should go. You should go. Cool. Yeah, yeah. If you I've never you been to Monterrey. Oh, you love beautiful. it. Always, I, I have a lot of friends and, and that that are from there, and yeah. they always talk about they they talk about it yeah. so highly. It's 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 one of the greatest cities, and um, I imagine it to be very it really beautiful. Is. It's very, it's got a little of everything, a little bit of everything. The the you know the nature, but también like the high quality you know malls and and fashion and music and things like that and it's a then, hub it's a hub yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, for yeah. sure and so i'm gonna have a a birthday celebration and, and a slash album release thing there um you know hopefully we have some some special guests going and um just yeah, a lot of more projects i'm i have so much not not that i have time but because we're focusing this 100 percent, i have time to think about the things that before i wasn't able to think about so sometimes I'll go to Rigo with ideas and he's like, okay, you're going crazy. And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Happens. I'm like that happens sometimes. I'm like, oh, you go yeah, to the voice right. of reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so, like I think we were talking about a music video and I was like, it would be cool if we had like vines and they were like moving and this and that. And he's like, where are we going to get robot vines? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. Like, I'm going to be in the water and then I'm going to have to be moving all this stuff. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, you know, I think about, I think about a lot of different things and out there things now and, um, I may not get exactly what I want, but you know, it, it comes out the way I want to most of the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm just very grateful and, and very excited to be in this different journey. Um, like I said before, it was, like, I, I didn't feel welcome in the house, but now I feel like I'm building my own house and, um, boom, mic drop right there. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I feel like I'm building or I'm building part of another house, um, that, you know, maybe I was just never meant to fit there. And I'm finally starting to accept that. And I think it's giving me more motivation. And I will always love where I come from. I mean, you looked at my phone. I have Roberto Polido, Laura Canales, Selena, Emilio, David Lee, Maz, Mafia, everybody. Um, Even the new artists. As soon as I see new music come out, I download it. Because that's what I want people to do for me. You know, and I give it a chance. I want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if somebody wants to tell me, you know, this, you should have done that. I'm open to that. Because... I, I, I need that. I love constructive criticism. If it's constructive, I accept it 100%. Um, and I feel, like I said, if I can help somebody in that way, um, that's what I want. I want to be that person that I needed or that I need. Because I think, you know, what you put out in the world, it comes back. It does. And and I've seen all the hard work that we've done. Again, huge shout out to my manager, Josette. Um, and, you know, working women together, it's it's another thing because we, especially being in Mexico, you know, now I have um, Rafa Ruiz, who's the head of Global Case, and now he's kind of helping me, you know, with the connections he has. And, and it's, sad, it's sad to say, but it helps because he's a guy. Because before it was me and Josette, and they're like, well, who's running it? And we're like, we are, <laughs> you know, and more power to us. You know, it, it, it gives people don't know what to do with us because they're like, oh, OK, like they're running everything, you know. And so she's been a huge part of this and just. Like I said, helped me when, believed in me when I didn't. I didn't even believe in myself, you know, to an extent. And just everything that she's done for me. And she loves the music. That's why, you know, we're, we are where we are together. And um, my brother, like I said, having that, that safety net for me is very important. Whether he realizes it or not, um, he's a, you know, he's a crutch for me sometimes that I need. When I'm exhausted, He's there to refuel me, you know, and vice versa. My dad, um, my mom, she she watches from a distance, but she uh, supports me in anything that I do. 
You know, she's, she always tells me, you know what you're doing and you know what's right and just, you know, go with your heart. You, you know what you're doing. And so my mom is a huge help to that. And just, you know, like I said, it's an honor for me that people are even paying attention to me at all because that's what I wanted from the beginning. And, you know, when I get down, I'm like, hey, remember when you were praying for this? To not have to work, to just do music, to have two albums, to do duets with people that you admire, to rub elbows with people like this, just because your hair looks bad, get over it. Or just because, you know, you didn't get that show, get over it because you're still here. You know, and I think that's a big thing that people need to realize and remember. You get to that point where you used to pray for things and you get them and then you want something else. But you got to take the time to to appreciate it. You know, it's like with uh, we were we won the Tejano Music Award this year for Best Female Artist. Another congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And, and you know, to me, to me, it was really important because on, it's a very short list of winners since 1981, Laura Canales, Selena. Alida Reina, Shelly, and Stephanie. Five women from 1981 to 2022. And for me to be a part of that list, um, I take it very seriously to represent the women of, of Texas, the women of Tejano music. And uh, I hope, you know, I feel like I'm doing, I'm doing that in my own way. And when we won, you know, I was, I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know how to feel because like I said, sometimes I, I have that feeling of, I'm not, I wasn't getting the response still that I've been working my ass off for, you know? And when I won, I didn't know how to feel. And my producer, he was like, he was so excited. He was like, oh my God, ganaste, ganaste. Just, you know, going crazy. And, and I had to take, take that back and say, okay, you used to kill, you would have killed to win this award. And, you know, took that time to be grateful for it. And again, it's a big responsibility for me. And I take it very, very seriously. No matter what the circumstances are in the genre, to me, I take it very seriously and I'm going to hold that with pride and, and take that with me where, you know, wherever I go, no matter if I'm in Mexico or if I'm here. Well, congratulations to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm really happy that you were able to come and, and share your story the way that you have because the episode hasn't even aired yet and you've already inspired me. Oh. Seriously. I mean, some of the things <laughs> that you. you've said, I, like, I, like I mentioned, I totally identify with. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the things that you've been through, uh, I can identify with. And it's so cool to hear that somebody else goes through it yeah. and gets over it and is still successful and is doing great, you know, and is flourishing because that gives us hope. The yeah. rest of us who might be going through some kind of exactly. situation or anything like that. So I'm sure that this is going to inspire a lot more people you. That, that listen I hope so. to this episode. I hope so. And please, I mean, keep sharing. Keep yes. Yeah. Follow, follow, uh, yeah, Destiny, follow me. myself and, and the whole band. Destiny's just under at Destiny Nevada mm-hmm. on Instagram, Twitter, and all Facebook. social media. Uh, YouTuber, you know, there's going to be more videos coming out too. So make sure you subscribe to Destiny Nevada. Um, I have mine underscore Rigo Nevada. So I difficult. Just, I, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have that underscore right there. And uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and then we have uh, Remedio Oficial mm-hmm. on Instagram as well. Uh, just give us a follow. Uh, keep a lookout on everything that's coming out because we're really excited to to share this new fresh music f- uh, with everybody here in Texas and Mexico también. And uh, we got a lot of surprises coming out soon. And uh, yeah, we're excited. Hopefully we'll be in the city near near you. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless. Que Dios los bendiga. Que los cuide, que los proteja. 
Y, y que sigan lloviendo las bendiciones y los éxitos. I, I wish you nothing but the best. Um, I'm, I'm excited. Yay. I'm excited and I'm going to be waiting. Yes. I'm going to be waiting for that. <laughs> My banda yeah. Yes. Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. You convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having us. And um, thank you to everybody who's listening. Um, and, you know, just continue doing what you're doing. You know, that's why I feel like, like you said, you want to do it to help people. And that's why it's successful. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the, the podcast, share the episode so that your followers, your friends, your family can can hear and, and support uh, uh, Destiny and Rigo um, here in San Antonio and, and all over. Uh, and this episode, once again, has br been brought to you by Savage Coffee Company. We are off of 12221 Alamo Ranch Parkway. And we are, uh, I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to let you come and try yes. our coffee. We're going to head over there. <laughs> and that's it for us. Thank you. Mwah.